We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. The last couple podcasts I've been quoting from 80s music playlists for some weird reason, so why stop now? Betty One, remember Land of Confusion? Phil Collins and Genesis? That's the smart play for Wednesday. An, an illegal substitution penalty is five yards in football. It's what Alex Cora maintained happened in the weirdest eighth inning of the year to date. Tampa Bay manager Kevin Cash tried playing a shell game with his personnel to keep his left-hand pitcher around without having to face Mookie Betts. A garbled mess ensued, and as the adults all stood around looking at lineup cards, eight pitches were thrown in 31 minutes. Rate of play, rate of play. We'll attempt to explain this nonsense, which was part of a 3-2 loss in Tampa Bay, although I'm recording this podcast under protest. This is Sox Daily. It's your Daily Sox Podcast. It's your Daily Sox Podcast. It's where you're going to find out what the Sox are doing. As Phil Collins not so famously sang, uh, there's too many men, too many people making too many problems and not much love to go around, nor any microphones to go around to explain to 20,000 paid customers and everybody else, like the announcers and fans listening, what in the wide, wide world of sports is going on? The illegal substitution assertion became the bulk of game number 103 of the season. We'll get into it. Josh Lewin with you. And watching a bunch of Tampa Bay fans run around the bases right now, it's their post-game Wednesday afternoon thing that they do, not a lot of running around the bases by actual players. Only five runs scored on 10 hits total in a pitching duel that you kind of expected. It was Charlie Morton with the number one ERA in the American League against former Tampa Bay Rays ace David Price, who needed to stick the landing after some, uh, well, let's just say some appearances that made you want to say yuck. If I can go there, I probably shouldn't have, but I just did. He was better. David Price was better. It was six innings of four hit balls, a couple of walks, eight strikeouts, but he lost. Came in with a 3-6-1 ERA to Morton's 2-6-1 ERA. And Price had one icy patch. It was in the fifth inning. The six, seven, and eight hitters all had consecutive hits, and that was pretty much his ball game. That and a long home run by Tommy Pham, a very flashy dresser who somehow hit the ball to a fan who was dressed flashier than in his wildest dreams. Guy in a purple suit, with pink uh, accoutrements, let's say. A bright, hot pink shirt with white lapels, a floral print tie. The guy apparently, we did a little investigative journalism on this. Guy got a, a huge settlement from an elevator accident back in 2003. Lives on a houseboat now. And when he's not at Tampa Bay Rays games, they say he's at the local Morton Steakhouse working on cocktails. And that we got an explanation about. Who's that guy in the flashy suit that looks like Tom Bernanski that caught a Tommy Pham home run? That much we figured out. The eighth inning we did not figure out. We should mention that the only Red Sox runs against Morton came in the third inning. 
It was Rafael Devers at the plate with one out, runners at second and third. And they had this exaggerated shift on for Rafi, the entire left side of the infield wide open. So Rafi just decided he'd be Tony Gwynn from, say, 1985. He, he just carved one through what Tony Gwynn used to call the 5.5 hole, right between the third baseman and the shortstop, a little dribbler into left. And the Red Sox had their 2-0 lead. But then Pham with the home run, his 16th of the year. And the very swaggy gentleman caught it in his, uh, not green Gucci suit, but his purple polyester suit. And that cut it to 2-1. to one. Then against Price in the fifth, single by Brasso, the number six hitter, a wild pitch to get him to second. That ended up being a big play. Vasquez, I thought, could have blocked the ball. He did not. Joey Wendell with only his ninth RBI all year. Base hit up the middle. And then Guillermo Heredia, RBI double. And he's a guy that actually hits lefties pretty well. Can't hit righties at all. But a guy that was just brought back up from AAA ends up with the game-winning hit. It was 3-2 in the fifth. And then Charlie Morton just went in a shutdown mode to get to 12-3 and for the year. Morton coming in had an opponent's batting average of 200. And we mentioned the number one ERA in the AL. He had just been smoked by the Yankees last time out. And you're hoping maybe there was like a residual effect there. Alex Cora knows Charlie Morton very well. They were together in Houston in 17. Uh, Morton pitched for him on the All-Star team just a little while ago this year. This is a guy, I mean, it's nice that he's named Charlie because his uncle Charlie, the curveball, is phenomenal. Wasn't always that way. Used to be a two-seam fastball guy all the time. But now he's a a four-seam fastball curveball aficionado. He's now got 97 strikeouts on his curveball this year because he had five of those in this game. That's the most in the American League by 20. Uh, just a, an incredible pitch for him. And, okay, then you can get to the bullpen. And you think maybe there's a shot there. That's where it got weird. As the Red Sox were looking for their second sweep in Tampa Bay of the season already. Yeah, they'd, they'd come in 5-0 and overall. And, uh, okay, so here's the situation. My parents went away on a week's vacation. No, sorry. All right, seriously. Uh, Adam Kolarik's in the game. And he's going to pitch to the first batter of the eighth inning. That's his pinch-hitting Sam Travis, and it's a pop-out. Okay, no big deal. They don't want Kolarik facing Mookie Betts, but they want him to stay in the game to face Rafi Devers later. So they do the old switcheroo. This has happened before. We've seen it in baseball where you park a guy in left field or right field, this time first base. And a couple years ago when the Yankees did it, Everybody freaked out. Rule 511A, once the pitcher is moved to another defensive position, the designated hitter is terminated for that ball club. As such, in that game, our oldest Chapman replaced Matt Holliday as a number three hitter. Brian Mitchell took over at uh, first base for Chris Carter in the eighth spot. And apparently, it didn't quite play out this same way two years later. And nobody was aware of any changes to Rule 511A. And here's the deal. Uh, because nobody knew anything, everybody was just guessing. And uh, I don't mean to go off on a rant here, Dennis Miller style, but why not give the crew chief a microphone? Isn't it so arrogant of Major League Baseball to not have an umpire explain something that's needing to be explained? I mean, even in a hockey, they say two minutes for tripping when obviously you've seen the the pantomime call for tripping, and you saw a guy get tripped, they still get on a mic and say two minutes for tripping. This was way more confusing than that, and they still can't give umpires a microphone in 2019 where technology, I do believe, exists. I guess that's another topic for another time, but 
the, the speculation we had in the booth, we, won't, we wondered if the first change was relayed to Alex Cora through the umpires, that Choleric in the nine spot, and then uh, Cora calling attention to the subsequent conflict, the umpires realized, oh, we should have told him Choleric was in the three spot all along, and that's why Alex Cora decided to protest. Protests are never actually upheld, by the way. Although, on this very date, July 24th, that was the Pine Tar game. The George Brett freakout game with Tim McClelland, then a rookie umpire, making a call that was, well, eventually overturned. But uh, there was just way too much confusion, no explanation. And we'll get to Alex Cora in just a moment. He'll take you through what he was told, what he was thinking. But the fact that, that no one in the whole ballpark knew what was going on, not the paying customers, and this was a field trip day at Tampa Bay. You had, you know, probably 10,000 kids here. First of all, how boring for them, watching the adults stand around and argue about rules or actually just discuss rules. We couldn't eavesdrop. Nobody knew what was going on. These kids are getting antsy. I don't blame them. And in an Angel Hernandez game, of all things, Angels got things actually running just fine. No controversies at all. Didn't make any brutal calls. And then this finds them. <laughs> 3-2 the finals. The Red Sox could never get anything going against Morton or the bullpen. Alex Cora with a lot to say after the game. Uh, and that in? Yeah. Oh, um, you know, they, they did the, the pitcher move into a position, and uh, we felt that uh, they, they made some illegal substitutions. Uh, it was a mess at one point, you know, like I, I wasn't even able to, like, keep up with Angel, so um, we protested the game. Let's see where it goes. What were you arguing about? It was when they brought in, there's a lot there. Um, They brought in the lefty for Charlie, and then they brought in Roe for Choi. Um, You know, Angel, you know, they kept the DH at that moment. So they had a they had a pitcher, a first base. They had a pitcher uh, on the mound, and they still had a DH. So, yeah, it, it's kind of hard to explain. You know, I'm sorry I can like go over because there's a lot. So it's just you know, illegal substitution. So we'll see what happens. Were you surprised that the umpires didn't have a better handle in the situation? Um, no, I wasn't surprised. Uh, I mean, like when he brought in the lefty. No, yeah, when he brought in the lefty, and we saw what was going to happen uh, when when he put it at first, the first time, you know, he puts him he puts him at first. I asked uh, Angel about it, and he gave me an answer. I'm like, okay, this is about to get interesting, and it did. Okay, when he. Uh Brought in when he moved Kalarik to first base. Did he announce that he was in a nine spot in the batting order? Or mm, I'm not. I'm not going to go into the detail. It was a mess. Yeah. Alex, do you think this is a, a matter of miscommunicating where the changes were made, or that they made illegal changes? I mean, we're about to find out. You know, um, I got my lineup card. I know where I'm at. Uh, I have good memory, as you guys know. So. Or did you guys feel like that they made? The way it was presented to us, yes. Are you generally opposed to allowing pitchers to move positions in the capacity? Not really. I mean, uh, it's within the rules, but yeah. 
with, with a protest, like, does that require something that happens related to the misapplication of the rules that would change the outcome? Um, the I mean, we have to bring in a lefty later on for a lefty hitter that wasn't there. So, I mean, I don't know. We'll see what happens. First time I've been through this, so we'll see how, how he's handled. In terms of the game, you guys just not able to generate much. Uh, Charlie was good. Uh, good fastball up in the zone. Good breaking ball later in the game. Uh, David was good too. You know, one pitch uh, to Fam and, and the one to Heredia. But you know, location was excellent. Um, you know, the downhill action, the changeup was good. Just you know, um, that inning. You know, Wendell puts a good swing and then they score. But uh, Charlie was excellent. Um, you know, good breaking ball. That that fastball up and in to to lefties. It was it was it was big today for him. So, uh, go ahead. Uh, just to clarify, the, what's being protested is the illegality of the spot in the batting order. I think um, I think that's the way that's the way it was presented. Huh? Okay. I mean, you get you guys get the email, I guess, or no? I don't know. I'm, I'm rattled right now, kind of like I I don't know what's going to happen. With the with the series as a whole, you know, you you always preach, you know, win a series, win a series. To you know, just just. Do you feel satisfied with what you accomplished here? I mean, we won two out of three. Yeah. Uh, I mean, we played good baseball today. We were one swing away from, from tying the game. We faced one of the best pitchers in the big leagues, and uh, our guy is pretty good, too. You know, they went toe-to-toe, and, you know, um, we ended up in the, losing the game. But um, it, wasn't, it wasn't a bad effort. Was there anything particularly encouraging about the approach at the plate this series after what happened in Baltimore? I mean, we we just had a bad day in Baltimore on Sunday. Besides that, we've been great offensively. So yeah, we we feel good about our offense, and we just ran into a great pitcher today. He made pitches. How do you feel going into the weekend against the Yankees? We're good. Yeah, I mean, starts tomorrow. We know what's coming. They're playing good baseball. I, I feel we're playing good baseball too. Yeah, from what I've read in Thank the you. manuals and just hopping online and trying to figure this out, it seemed like the second pitcher that came in, Chaz Rowe. Should have gone to the three spot for the DH at the time he replaced the lefty Kolarik initially. And then when Kolarik stays in the game as a first baseman, he assumes that number nine spot, which was G-Man Choi. That's where things got weird and questionable. When, when Kolarik came back and Nick Lowe comes into the game at first base, the question is, does Kolarik remain locked to that number nine spot? Or, because of the switch with Rowe, does he assume Rowe's three spot with Lowe? You had Rowe and Lowe confusion... And it's already confusing enough. They've got a low and a low on this Tampa Bay team. They're spelled the same way, but pronounced differently. Everything in this game was just a little bit off. And I can't even say that about David Price. I mean, he was certainly better. The whole foul ball issue that has plagued him the last couple games, that did not pop up for him. I will ask you this, though. Shouldn't you expect more than 98 pitches out of David Price we're we're in a pennant race kind of deal, wild card race. It's late July. I wouldn't mind seeing 110 from David Price, but 98 pitches through six innings. He ends up taking the loss. He's seven and four. Here is David Price. Um, felt pretty good early on. Um, honestly, I felt uh, I felt better as the game went on. Um, Bam hit a a one and one changeup out. Um, just kind of uh, pulled it back over the middle of the plate and put a good swing on it. And uh, you know, ran into uh, some more trouble there in the fifth. Just um, you know, the single, trying to make a pitch to uh, to Wendell, and I think he hit the back of the plate and, and just stayed down and, and went under Vasky's legs. Um, to a fastball away to him, he shot it to center, uh, and then uh, doubled by Heredia. But after that, 
was able to uh, to make pitches and keep them right there and you know keep us in the game. David, how surprised were you that that ball went out? <laughs> uh, a little bit, but that's that's baseball in 2019. Are you kind of locked into you know how Charlie is throwing and you know and kind of like in kind of the, the limited margin for error? Uh, absolutely. You know, the way he's throwing the baseball all season long for these guys. You know he's got. 11 or 12 wins and a, you know, a sub 2-5. You know, that's, uh, that's, that's very impressive. So knowing um, you're going up against him, you know, you get staked an early two-run lead and to, uh, to give that up and uh, give up that three, those three runs in the fourth and the fifth inning, that was, uh, that was tough. David, what was your view of what happened in the eighth inning? Uh, long, uh, long delay. I don't know the rule book. The rule book like that. Um, I don't know. That was uh, that was a very long time. Five and one at the trot now, as it turns out, and they'll head back one game behind Tampa Bay. Tampa Bay is now fifty-eight and forty-seven. The Red Sox are forty. Uh, I'm sorry, fifty-six and forty-seven. And here come the Yankees. Eight of the next eleven against the Yankees. So you know you wanted to get away in a really good mood. A sweep would have done that. But you got to maybe channel this anger and confusion and get this done. It'll be Porcello against Tanaka Thursday. Porcello of late Mr. Run support. They've given him 13, 10, 10, and 17 <laughs> the last four starts. Kashner against Paxton on Friday. Eduardo Rodriguez, 12-game winner against CC Sabathia Saturday late afternoon. Sunday in the ESPN night game at Sale against Herman. And by the way, uh, the Yankees and Twins are playing one of those ESPN Wednesday night games. So... They won't be arriving until probably 4 a.m., 4.30 a.m. on Thursday morning. So at least it'll be a a tuckered-out Yankees team, a bleary-eyed Yankees team. They had that incredible game on Tuesday night, the 14-12 game, probably the game of the year in baseball. Uh, This one, Wednesday afternoon, wasn't the most interesting game of the year in terms of what was on the field. But in terms of learning Rule 5.11a, it was the most interesting game of the year. The Red Sox fall by the final of 3-2. to two. This is Josh Lewin. Appreciate you very much, and we'll have another podcast for you tomorrow. Take care. Bye-bye. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com.